voler, une caresse pour décoller. Si tu veux te réchauffer, faut savoir bien piguiner. C'est bon pour le moral, c'est bon pour le moral, c'est bon pour le moral, c'est bon pour le moral. Good morning on Monday, the 25th of January 2021. I am Aji Jogopkan coming to you live from Kutu East in the Gambia, where the time is 8 o'clock. Welcome to a new week and a new round of Coffee Time with Peter Gomez, brought to you in association with OIC Gambia and Banjul Sipiad Company Limited. The Gambia may be the smallest country in Africa, but it will host the second largest gathering of world leaders in 2022 to successfully host the OIC Summit. The government of the Gambia set up OIC Gambia to mobilize resources for the implementation of key development and infrastructure projects on a scale never seen before. 20 new roads will be constructed across the country and the Bertel Harding Highway will be expanded into a dual carriage highway of two lanes on each side from the airport to Sting Corner. All people in the Gambia deserve clean water and a constant flow of electricity. Therefore, an entirely new water system will be constructed, including new transmission and distribution networks to meet the increasing demand. In order to provide a more reliable supply of electricity, the OIC Gambia project will replace and double the capacity of the Nawak transformers and overhead electric cables. We will equip the police with modern apparatus and technical training in an effort to keep the streets of the Gambia safe. OIC Gambia, building today for a better tomorrow. Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, a subsidiary of the Gambia Ports Authority, delivering excellent services to marine and industrial servicing. Our services also include welding and carpentry. Our welding works includes fabrication of tanks for petrol stations, marine buoys, roof trusses, buckler proofs, steel gates, and many more. A carpentry workshop provides office furniture, such as filing cabinets of all sizes, junior executive decks, household furniture, bedroom sets, kitchen sets, roofing works, school furniture, and many more. With Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, we get it done for you, so worry no more. For more information, call 997-7271 or 790-6256. And coming up this morning, although daily case numbers continue to be low, the Gambia faces a second wave of coronavirus. Janjangbure Calling, the cultural capital of the Gambia, announces a date for its annual Kankurang and Masquerade Festival. With the on with the, with the monthly set settle now a thing of the past, young people volunteer to clean dirty streets in some parts of the urban area. Climate change is back at the top of the U.S. agenda, but what does the new strategy mean for the U.S. and the world? And reality bites as Joe Biden bids to bridge a Washington gridlock. For more than 50 years, the Gambia Chamber of Commerce and Industry has championed the rights of women in business. Every year, the GCCI recognizes their growing importance with the Business Woman of the Year Award. To further empower women in business, the GCCI, in partnership with UNDP, has launched a Women's Business Advocacy, or WBA, campaign. With this campaign, the GCCI seeks to challenge structural barriers and stereotypical patterns that hinder the promotion of women's participation and leadership in economic activities. 
the women's business advocacy, therefore, will help excluded women to enter the business sphere and show their leadership skills, taking advantage of the enabling and supportive environment created by the GCCI. And now we bring you the newspaper headlines starting with Foraya, which reports this morning that income realized by the state broadcaster GRTS was over $200 million. Foraya also reports that another 20 Gambians await deportation in Germany. The other Foraya headlines are SDA management refute allegations of inability to run school and Gambia-Switzerland sign cooperation agreement on migration. There is a different GRTS story presented by The Voice. Just moments ago, we had the broadcaster just made more than $200 million. Well, The Voice quoting the DG says the TV station faces equipment and mobility challenges. Where's the $200 million, one may ask? These are the other headlines on the front of The Voice. Dabo calls on supporters to ignore opponents' insults. COVID-19, 20 people test positive and Gambia confirms detection of new variant. The Gambia apparently needs a savior, and the UDP leader is more than happy to be the man, according to The Point, whose top headline reads, Lawyer Dabo says UDP remains ready to save Gambia once more. The GCCI chief executive officer is on The Point's front page, disclosing that 54 African countries are committed to the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. Also on the point, the Gambia College denying reports of a bushfire damaging college property and the Good Morning Mr. President Monday column. In it, President Barrow is urged to tackle some of the major problems the nation faces. We round off this review with the standard and these are the headlines there. Political leaders advised to avoid personal attacks. Cabinet approves plans to give good internet to 75% of Gambian homes. Governor says CBG may seek stronger legislation to regulate commercial banks. Ex-NIA director denies knowing maxed men struggling with Nogonjai. ECOWAS says terrorism remains major challenge and WAFO office temporarily moves from Banjul to Dakar. And that was your first look at Monday's newspaper front pages. Our thanks to the editors and proprietors of Foraya, The Voice, The Point, and The Standard. ECOWAS Brown Card Insurance Scheme allows motorists to travel across ECOWAS countries with the guarantee that third-party accident victims are compensated. Under the directive of the Central Bank of the Gambia, National Bureau has started implementation of the automatic issuance of ECOWAS Brown Card Certificate to all motorists taking the local third-party motor insurance policy at a cost of not more than $325. This is an ECOWAS agreement signed by the authorities of ECOWAS Heads of States. The rationale is that we are in an ECOWAS space where even if you don't travel outside your country, foreign motorists may enter your country and cause an accident which may affect you. For more info, contact Gambia National Bureau ECOWAS Brown Insurance Scheme at 10C Nelson Mandela Street, Banjul, or telephone 4201637-707104-3077781 or email info at ecowasbrowncard.gm or samseu at msn.com. The Gambia is going through a second wave of coronavirus despite recording relatively low numbers. 
The country has been a success story dealing with the first virus outbreak and a senior politician wants the same strategy and discipline to be used to fight off a second wave. The National Assembly member for Banjul North, Honorable Usman Silla, chairs the House Select Committee on Health, Women, Children, Disaster, Humanitarian Relief and Refugees. He spoke to this program after health authorities briefed his committee on the situation just over a week ago. The purpose of that engagement was for them to update the members of the Health Committee of the National Assembly and also for that session to serve as a platform for the minister and the health ministry officials to inform the nation about uh, developments regarding COVID-19 and, uh, of course, uh, what measures they have in place to ensure that the country braces itself for any possible second wave. And then we were also informed at that session that uh, the second wave had commenced in earnest in the Gambia. So uh, that's why you have seen the, the cases rising up, fluctuating. So we are already in the second wave. Uh, you don't know whether it's going to be as serious as the first one, but uh, with this new variant in, in, in town, uh, it is uh, really a matter of concern. Okay. So is the National Assembly considering to adjust the COVID guidelines, knowing that the, the variant is more contagious, as you rightly mentioned? Well, actually, for us, our role is not to be uh, initiating. Uh, we can advise. Uh, we can we can we can urge them. We can we can direct them to do things. Uh, it has to emanate uh, from the the ministry. You know, COVID is science. It's not political. It is science. So it is the scientists who should take a lead. And in this case, I mean those that are dealing with the issue, that is the minister of health officials, starting with the minister and the officials, and any health expert who is engaged uh, in the regard. Uh, they can ask us to come up with laws to address the, 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 the pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic. And as a committee, we have also uh, we have plans we have to roll out, to go out around the country to some selected areas to see what is in place in terms of the facilities for attending to the previous eventuality, uh, escalation of the, the situation, I mean the, uh, the deterioration of the situation, whatever you want to call it. And as you know, as a National Assembly, we did approve $750 million for COVID intervention to address the COVID in, 20, in the 2020 year. Uh, this is aside from the what was approved, the 1.7 that was approved for the ministry. This year also for 2021 we have approved 1.7, a little above the, the what was approved last year. And we're hoping that if there is any need for for more resources, the country would bear with us to to, to ensure that is access to address COVID. But at the end, at the end of the day, there is going to be accountability. But for the time being, let us go by the precautions, face mask, hand washing, hand sanitization, physical distancing, increasing it this time around to ensure that the second wave is not as serious as the first one. Honorable Usman Silla, National Assembly Member for Banjul North and Chairman, House Select Committee on Health, Women, Children, Disaster, Humanitarian Relief and Refugees. In only his fifth day at the White House, Joe Biden is already experiencing partisan resistance to his agenda for pandemic and economic relief. The U.S. president has appealed for urgent cooperation between Republicans and Democrats to speed up vaccinations and cushion COVID-19's blows on businesses and families. But his plans are potentially facing the same political gridlock encountered by previous presidents. From Washington, Greg Janet reports. This is the first... Signing off on executive orders in the White House, 
urging an immediate restart in his inaugural speech. We must end this uncivil war. Joe Biden's pre-designed the platform for his presidency, unity and bipartisanship are its building blocks. His White House team, led by Chief of Staff Ron Klain, is hurling itself into construction. We're going to push the Congress to pass our priorities, see what we can get done as quickly as possible. A pandemic relief package worth more than $2.2 trillion Australian dollars is the first priority. The, the plane is in a nosedive and we got to pull it up. Javier Becerra, Joe Biden's pick to run health and human services, stresses the urgency. And there's no argument there from Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. This is a country that is in pain right now. The Biden administration's confronted by a tricky numbers game. They have 50 votes in the Senate of 100. They'd normally need a degree of bipartisanship, at least 60 votes to pass a package of this kind. But there is a more controversial workaround by going it alone, a weapon the new Democratic majority leader Chuck Schumer says he's prepared to use. There are tools we can use to move forward on our own, and we will, because the number one goal is a bold package that meets the needs of the American people. Ramming the relief package through on their own in a process ironically known as reconciliation would bypass bipartisanship at the very first hurdle. Some Republicans, still trying to adapt in a post-Trump world, do want to be at the negotiating table. Mitt Romney is one of them. We have demonstrated a capacity to compromise. Um, if, uh, if people think, well, we don't want compromise, instead we want exactly uh, our own proposal, uh, why, that's a different matter. Any atmosphere for creating goodwill isn't helped by the other looming question the Senate has to answer. Does it convict or acquit Donald Trump on the impeachment charge of inciting insurrection. I think the president bears responsibility for some of what happened. Florida Republican Marco Rubio doesn't absolve the former president, but wants no part in his trial. We're going to jump right back into what we've been going through for the last five years uh, and stirring it up again with the trial, and it's just going to be bad for the country. If he could, Senator Rubio's keen to kill the trial on the grounds they can't convict a now private citizen in Donald Trump. The trial will start the week of February the 8th. I believe it will be a fair trial, but it will move relatively quickly. Chuck Schumer's dismissive. The trial seems assured. A conviction, on the other hand, supported by 17 defecting Republicans, is anything but. That report was by Greg Janet in Washington. The GCCI is proud to champion the UNDP Gender Equality SEAL Certification Program in the Gambia. This program provides a concrete tool for the public and private sectors to come together to help achieve the Sustainable Development Goals by reducing gender gaps and promoting both equality in the workplace and women's economic empowerment. Already, more than half the exhibition stalls at the GCCI annual trade fair Gambia International are women-owned, and the chamber has also facilitated the participation of Gambian women in exhibitions all over the world. With the African continental free trade area set to become a reality in 2021, the GCCI stands ever ready to work with Gambian businesswomen to help them gain a competitive advantage in new and developing markets. 
ECOWAS Brown Card Insurance Scheme allows motorists to travel across ECOWAS countries with the guarantee that third-party accident victims are compensated. Under the directive of the Central Bank of the Gambia, National Bureau has started implementation of the automatic issuance of ECOWAS Brown Card Certificate to all motorists taking the local third-party motor insurance policy at a cost of not more than $325. This is an ECOWAS agreement signed by the authorities of ECOWAS Heads of States. The rationale is that we are in an ECOWAS space where even if you don't travel outside your country, foreign motorists may enter your country and cause an accident which may affect you. For more info, contact Gambia National Bureau ECOWAS Brown Insurance Scheme at 10 C Nelson Mandela Street, Banjul. Or telephone 4201637-707104-3077781. Or email info at ECOWASBrownCard.gm or samsehu at msn.com. Keeping our environment clean has been priority for successive governments. Why, you may ask. Well, when our streets are free from trash and litter, then the place would have that safe aura. And if the streets are organized, then there is a lesser chance of your tripping on unexpected litter as you walk down the road. Unfortunately, you know the cliché. Government cannot always do it alone. So citizens have to volunteer And thankfully, young people operating under the aegis of Help Gambia embarked on such an activity in the Carnifing municipality at the weekend, cleaning up some of the streets. Later, their coordinator, Dauda Cham, spoke to West Coast Radio about it. Um, Help Gambia, um, Household Disaster Resilience Project, is an NGO which seeks to complement government and its stakeholders' efforts by reducing household disaster um, risks and also climate change um, events that our communities are actually being impacted by. So um, we actually initiated this project or this cleansing exercise in the KMC because we believe KMC is a business hall and a very busy and densely populated um, region of the Gambia. So uh, and many times you go in our streets and you see litters flying around and all of that. So we organized this within a short period of time. But then at the end of the day, we, we ended up having uh, over 300 people participating in the exercise, one of the biggest cleansing exercises um, ever organized in the country. Yeah, but Dada, are you guys not focusing more on the KMC? Because the last time you guys conducted a cleansing exercise, it was also at the market. Uh, okay. Um, so uh, if you look at our organization, there is uh, this exercise that we organize every year in September called the World Cleanup Day. And this exercise is actually um, uh, done in all the regions of the Gambia. So we are not just focusing on KMC. Like I said earlier, KMC is a business hub and it's densely populated. And uh, most people are not conscious of what they do in the environment. So another thing about cleansing exercises, whenever you clean, um, sometimes people come and make it dirty. The moment you clean here, someone else come and throw a trash. In fact, yesterday somebody wanted to beat me up because I approached him to tell him what he was doing wasn't right. I mean, the place we cleaned, the guy just came there, he was eating his oranges, and then at the end of the day, he threw the remains there. I, I approached him and t- told him that even if nobody had told him what he was doing wasn't right, he should, he should have known that what he was doing wasn't right. Um, people need to be aware of some of these things, even if they are not told. We are going to revive the anti-littering bill, which is beautifully put and never enforced. 
And we really need to enforce these laws so that we can be able to combat indiscriminate littering in our country. This law is there. The problem is not just the people, but the problem is also with the authorities who are responsible for enforcing these laws. That was Dauda Cham, National Project Coordinator for Help Gambia. And live on West Coast Radio 92.1, I am Ajijogob Khan, and this is Coffee Time with Peter Gomez, brought to you in association with Banjul Sipiad Company Limited and OIC Gambia. If you need services of machine shop, worry no more. Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, a subsidiary of the Gambia Ports Authority, delivering excellent services to marine and industrial servicing. We have sofas grinding for top cylinder heads, threading of pipes, shafts and nuts, machining of axle for trucks, regrooving of pistons, pressing works, drilling works, wheel drum and dig scheming. Our electrical workshop does repair and servicing of electronic equipment, wiring of buildings, electrical installation works and many more. Bandle Shipyard Company Limited. We are your solution to marine and industrial services. For more information, call 997-7271 or 790-6256. By building the largest international conference center in the region, a five-star hotel with state-of-the-art facilities, first-class mobility services, and improving the VVIP experience at the Banjul International Airport, OIC Gambia will position the Gambia as the leading conference destination in West Africa. With our partners in the tourism sector, we will reinforce the preeminent position of our nation, the Smiling Coast, as a go-to destination. The OIC Gambia will create strategic partnerships that calls for the involvement of local talent and businesses as a matter of requirement. In short, OIC Gambia projects will create jobs, boost commerce, accelerate growth, improve the urban outlook and lifestyles of many families across the Gambia. So let's support the OIC Gambia as it prepares us for one of the biggest global events. OIC Gambia, building today for a better tomorrow. Climate change is back at the top of the U.S. agenda after Joe Biden's first few days as president. He's already signed an order to rejoin the Paris Agreement, abandoned by Donald Trump in 2019, and revoked the permit for a contentious oil pipeline called Keystone XL. There will be more orders this week to restore protections unpicked by the last administration, but what comes next? Paul Bledsoe is a former climate advisor in the Clinton White House and a strategic advisor at the Progressive Policy Institute. I think that Biden's election probably represents the true beginning of the movement toward global clean energy as the dominant source of power. But we have a long way to go, and it's going to take serious government actions. The good news is Biden recognizes it both as an economic and as a security issue. This is no longer about the environment per se. This is about growing our economy and protecting our long-term security. Now, what does all of this mean for the U.S.'s role in climate issues on the global stage? Can we expect 
the Biden administration to start pushing other governments like ours here in Australia to set more ambitious targets for emissions reduction and perhaps also to emulate the whole of government approach? I think that's exactly right. That I think Biden recognizes that the carrot internationally works better than the stick. And providing incentives for other governments through technology transfer and sharing, through learning about how the U.S. is systemically reducing their own emissions, through demonstrating what I think will be a more aggressive U.S. target for the period 2025 to 2030 by prioritizing it in terms of trade policy and in terms of military and diplomatic policy. These are all levers that Biden is going to use to help incentivize and then, if necessary, compel action by major emitters, especially China. China still has growing emissions. U.S. emissions are falling. Europe's are falling. Most countries are reducing their emissions. China needs to begin to reduce their emissions or we're never going to reach our climate goals. That was climate strategist Paul Bledsoe. With interest turning to the first days of the Biden presidency, it's hard not to think about the man who just vacated the White House and wonder what his plans might be for the future. As Donald Trump stepped off the stage in Maryland to board Air Force One to Florida, he left with this unusual cliffhanger. We will be back in some form. So what does Donald Trump's future look like, and could he indeed make a political comeback? That was mercurial for Donald Trump, who's usually quite clear in his communication. Have a good life is what you say to somebody when you basically don't intend to ever see that person again. And yet there was something a little bit MacArthur-esque in this farewell, this sort of I will return air to it. So ambiguous to be sure. But does Donald Trump ever come back? Well, he's already talking about maybe uh, starting a new political party, uh, maybe running in 2024, maybe running one of his kids in 2024. But it's funny, without the bullhorn of the presidency and the power of his Twitter account, suddenly it's almost like that hissing noise is the deflating significance of Donald Trump. But would it be dangerous to underestimate that? What do the polls tell us about what kind of base he still has intact after this election defeat? The polls have struggled to keep up with the events of the last couple of weeks. Uh, At the point at which he was still denying the election outcome uh, and uh, about 40% of Republicans were saying that he would be their preferred candidate in 2024. Uh, Not a majority, but still, that was about the level of support he got in the primaries in 2016. So he had retained this fairly solid level of support. Mike Pence was getting close to 20%. So he was double the next best. But that's often the case. Uh, It takes a while for people to detach their emotions from a losing candidate. They feel a certain residual loyalty. In the case of Trump, though, because he has been so much a a cult of personality, he's more like a, uh, he is more like an exiled leader. Uh, And there is potentially a much greater ability for him to come back, not least of because he will stay in the news because he is going to be tried by the Senate in the weeks ahead uh, after his impeachment last week by the House of Representatives. And he will use that, of course, to not just maintain the rage, but also to maintain his war chest. He will monetize that just as he raised over $200 million in that period from the election to his impeachment by denying that he had lost election, that he had clearly lost. He made a fortune. 
and he'll make another fortune out of uh, out of this impeachment trial as well, no doubt. He has monetized not just the presidency, but the scandals that he has generated as well, because he has 74 million voters who supported him last November, and a goodly number of them in the tens of millions, presumably, are more loyal to Trump than they are to the Republican Party broadly. That was ABC journalist John Barron speaking to colleague Sally Sarah. For more than 50 years, the Gambia Chamber of Commerce and Industry has championed the rights of women in business. Every year, the GCCI recognizes their growing importance with the Business Woman of the Year Award. To further empower women in business, the GCCI, in partnership with UNDP, has launched a Women's Business Advocacy, or WBA, campaign. With this campaign, the GCCI seeks to challenge structural barriers and stereotypical patterns that hinder the promotion of women's participation and leadership in economic activities. The Women's Business Advocacy, therefore, will help excluded women to enter the business sphere and show their leadership skills, taking advantage of the enabling and supportive environment created by the GCCI. ECOWAS Brown Card Insurance Scheme allows motorists to travel across ECOWAS countries with the guarantee that third-party accident victims are compensated. Under the directive of the Central Bank of the Gambia, National Bureau has started implementation of the automatic issuance of ECOWAS Brown Card Certificate to all motorists taking the local third-party motor insurance policy at a cost of not more than $325. This is an ECOWAS agreement signed by the authorities of ECOWAS heads of states. The rationale is that we are in an ECOWAS space where even if you don't travel outside your country, foreign motorists may enter your country and cause an accident which may affect you. For more info, contact Gambia National Bureau ECOWAS Brown Insurance Scheme at 10 C Nelson Mandela Street, Banjul or telephone 4201637-707104-3077781 or email info at ecowasbrowncard.gm or samseo at msn.com. Culture, they say, equals identity. When a culture disappears, so does its people. Many of us fail to realize what that would mean for us and for our families. Think of the family recipes, the customary songs and dances, the familiar expressions all lost. Because of migration, keeping the unique culture of Janjangbure alive remains a struggle. This is a struggle that demands attention and deserves a voice. A voice shouting for cultural preservation, calling on their past to build the future. Luckily, some Janjangburians who migrated to Banjul for education and work have started returning and taking a keen interest in restoring the CRR capital to its former cultural glory. They include our former colleague, Mohamed Lamin Sedikan, now leading the front line of the struggle to bring back Janjangburi's famed Kankurang tradition. Basically, the official name for the event is the Janjambure Kankurang and Masquerade um, Festival because we endeavor to include Masquerade um, for the fact that um, Janjambure is a cultural community and then we are also lucky to have the, the only Kankurang Center in, 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 in the Gambia located in Janjambure. And at this Kankurang Center, which is um, recognized by UNESCO, um, it also depicts the history of Kankurang and Masquerade in West Africa. That is why the community um, is trying to celebrate 
um, uh, and the masquerade and tankon. Because if you look, some of these masquerades are, are fading, and then the best thing to do, or the best way to make sure they're not fading from our history, you know, from our culture, is to annually celebrate this. That is why um, the community um, came with this. Basically, this is youth-led. Um, in 2018, um, in 2017, the concept was developed. Um, the young people with Adam Abba, a tourism consultant, developed this concept. Um, then we sold the concept to YEP, and then, you know, they were so convinced to come and support. So on January 16, 2018, you know, we came together to celebrate the fourth edition of Jambore Conference Festival, which was a day. Um, event. It was a pilot, so we were able to do it just a day through um, the National Center for Arts and Culture. Then the follow after that, we did our survey, market analysis, and everything. We realized that yes, now we can do a full-fledged weekend festival. That is why in 2019 we did um, the second edition of the Concurrent Festival, which was in a three-day format from the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So this is the fourth year or the fifth year you guys are, uh, are having This is the fourth subject. edition, yeah. Okay, the fourth edition. So how, yeah. how does this impact on the lives of people living in Janjambure? How do the people receive this initiative? Um, the community appreciate this, and then they receive it um, warmly. And it has social um, impact, and it also has economic um, impact. Um, I think basically, um, I will start with the social impact. Sabaski used to be the reunion party um, for family members. But now, Janjambure have an activity that served as a reunion. Because every January, every family in Janjambure expects that I'm going to see a family member that I missed for so long. The festival is now acting as an indicator of, you know, bringing together family. And then the economic impact of the festival is, you know, it also gives opportunity for um, young entrepreneurs to showcase their talent. And then the community point of view, every international visitor that is coming to Janjambure, you are required to pay $600, either in, in hard currency or in local currency. And that money goes to the community. Okay, yeah. so so um, how how are you guys ensuring that uh, this cultural festival, the Kamkuram festival, serves as a tool in order to to maintain our cultural and traditional practices so, and so that they don't fade away because you mentioned most of these things are going out. Yeah, um, for those who know um, Janjambure, um, Janjambure is tipped to be basically um, the cultural hub of, of, of the Gambia. You know, we have the famous um, every five is what we call the, 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 the Kuyamboyo. You know, this is something that is unique to Janjambore. Anywhere in the world, if you go, you mentioned um, Jambakankura, um, it is unique to Janjambore. Anywhere on earth. You mentioned Wulangulang, that is Ipambondi in the Gambia, they will refer to you to Central River region, where Janjambore is part. But there is a little bit difference between um, culture and the Kankura festival. The Janjambore Kankura festival is more into Kankura and Masquerade. You know, we try by all means to make sure we don't include almost every cultural aspect of the community because we don't want to sell our culture in one go. We want to provide an appetizer that if you come for the Janjambri Kamkuram Festival, we will sell out some of the cultural aspects. But you have to go back to your country or you have to go back to your original destination. You prepare again to come. 
to make another investment to see the cultural activity. So this is why basically we are concentrating 100% to promote Kankura. That is the Jambagyabale, the, the Wule Wulengo, the Wuri Kankurango, you know, the Pambondi, the Kumpo, the, the, the Senko, any Kankura you know. And that was Mohamed Lamin Sedikan. Gambia may be the smallest country in Africa, but it will host the second largest gathering of world leaders in 2022 to successfully host the OIC summit. The government of the Gambia set up OIC Gambia to mobilize resources for the implementation of key development and infrastructure projects on a scale never seen before. 20 new roads will be constructed across the country and the Bertel Harding Highway will be expanded into a dual carriage highway of two lanes on each side from the airport to Sting Corner. All people in the Gambia deserve clean water and a constant flow of electricity. Therefore, an entirely new water system will be constructed, including new transmission and distribution networks to meet the increasing demand. In order to provide a more reliable supply of electricity, the OIC Gambia project will replace and double the capacity of the Nawak transformers and overhead electric cables. We will equip the police with modern apparatus and technical training in an effort to keep the streets of the Gambia safe. OIC Gambia, building today for a better tomorrow. Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, a subsidiary of the Gambia Post Authority. The Banjul Shipyard Company Limited specializes in marine services such as shipbuilding, repairs and maintenance of vessels of all categories. We do marine diving services, production of diving oxygen for sale, inspection of underwater parts of vessels and many more. Our shipwright works include docking, restoring and maintaining vessels of different types. We are Bandil Shipyard Company Limited. We are your solution to marine and industrial services. For more information call 997-7271 or 790-6256. And that brings this edition of the program to an end. Thanks to OIC Gambia and Banjul Sipyard Company Limited. Join Peter Gomez tomorrow for the longer version of the program, including your question for the two Ibrahimas. I am Aji Jogobkan. On behalf of Banna Sabali and the production team, thank you for listening and have a good and safe week. <laughs>